Good morning, I'm Teppi Cruz. It's Wednesday, February 28th. Migrant advocates are feeling overwhelmed after the county's Migrant Welcome Center closed. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The Department of Veterans Affairs is expanding health care eligibility to millions of veterans. Eligible veterans will be able to enroll directly in VA health care without first applying for VA benefits. Any veteran exposed to toxins and other hazards while serving at home or abroad will be eligible for VA health care starting next Tuesday. The toxin exposures include air pollutants, chemicals, asbestos, lead, radiation, and firefighting foams. The expansion was mandated by the 2022 PACT Act. The department says it's one of the largest ever expansions for veteran health care. The IRS is extending the deadline for county residents to file and pay their 2023 federal taxes. San Diegans now have until June 17th to do so. The deadline was extended to offer relief to areas designated by FEMA that were affected by last month's storms, including our county. The original tax filing deadline was April 15th. You can visit irs.gov extensions for more information. UCSD and the county are working together to launch a new program to offer free CPR training. The goal of Revive and Survive San Diego is to train 1 million San Diegans on how to perform hands-only CPR for people in cardiac arrest. If someone performs CPR before medical professionals arrive, it increases a person's chance of survival. County health officials say cardiac arrest is a leading cause of death across the country. The program will work with local healthcare providers and organizations to offer the free training. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. It has been less than a week since the county's Migrant Welcome Center closed because of a lack of funding. And U.S. border officials have already dropped off more than 1,000 migrants in the streets of San Diego. Reporter Gustavo Solis says relief organizations are overwhelmed. Paulina Reyes hasn't stopped working since last Thursday. There is no local or county or federal support. Again, we are just taking this on. Reyes is a managing attorney for the Immigrant Defenders Law Center which is one of the nonprofits, mutual aid organizations, and advocacy groups welcoming migrants at the Iris Avenue Transit Center in San Isidro. And they're all scrambling right now because the Migrant Welcome Center, run by the nonprofit SBCS, closed last week. San Diego County supervisors had allocated $6 million for the center, and it was supposed to stay open through the end of March, but they ran out of money before the end of February. And as a result, this led to the site's sudden closure without proper notice to on-site partners like ourselves um, and without any transition plan in place. 
Megan Zavala is a policy analyst with Al Otro Lado. She's among the advocates frustrated by just how quickly the money ran out. Um, and despite this infusion of $6 million, we have no welcoming infrastructure to show for it. Customs and Border Protection has been releasing asylum seekers and other migrants into the streets of San Diego since September. When it started, advocates asked county leaders to invest in long-term efforts like physical space to host these services. But that didn't happen. And now, the street releases are back, with more than 1,000 dropped off since last Thursday. We are frustrated that uh, the money was spent in the way it was without a lasting infrastructure. To be fair, more than 81,000 migrants received help through the Migrant Welcome Center while it was open between October and last week, according to SBCS. Kimiko Irota is a policy advisor at the Women's Refugee Commission. She says even without county funding, welcoming migrants doesn't have to be so chaotic. The reception of, of new arrivals doesn't need to be only through a crisis response or emergency response. It works so much better when we're able to, to work collaboratively and to not uh, try to back away from the work. Hirota says that there are examples of orderly and sustainable migrant welcoming programs right here in San Diego. Jewish Family Services has helped more than 200,000 migrants in the last five and a half years. CEO Michael Hopkins says the work requires lots of collaboration. This work is bigger than Jewish Family Service or any one organization. It's bigger than this, the county, it's bigger than the city, it, it's the state. All partners need to be um, kind of like have skin in the game and, and to be doing this work. Jewish Family Services receives money from the federal government and private donations, but those dollars aren't fully guaranteed for next year. The overall funding picture is likely to remain cloudy. Budget deficits in California could lead to cuts at the state level. And guessing what federal funding will be going forward is next to impossible until the November election. This is why San Diego Region needs to develop a long-term plan. So says Kay Clark, a senior director for Jewish Family Services. We are a border community, we are a border state. Um, folks are going to be fleeing uh, for protection from all over the world. Um, our unsheltered service system is broken, our immigration services system is broken, but yet we have this incredibly impactful model that we've developed and we've proven now with almost 200,000 guests that we've supported um, that can be leveraged. But as of right now, elected officials in San Diego don't have a plan in place. This week's agenda for the San Diego County Supervisors indicates that they've begun drafting a plan for a, quote, long-term federally funded migrant transfer site, but still no specifics. KPBS reached out to San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria and County Supervisor Nora Vargas. Neither responded to a request for an interview. Pedro Rios is another advocate who hasn't stopped working since the Migrant Welcome Center closed. As uh, members of a governing body, they should be uh, tuned into all these changes and understand what their roles and responsibilities are um, and not just simply say, well, here's $6 million, fix it. He really hopes that a plan will be coming soon. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. The SEMPRA earnings report released yesterday caused a stir among advocates lobbying to replace SDG&E with a municipal utility. Environment reporter Eric Anderson says the shareholders' report didn't itemize SDG&E's profit. 
Protesters were hoping to talk about Semper Energy's latest financial report and San Diego Gas and Electric's profits. But for the first time in decades, those numbers were grouped together with another Semper subsidiary, Southern California Gas. Semper California earned just over $1.7 billion last year. And Power San Diego's Craig Rose says that leaves questions about SDG&E. It's a safe bet that they may have earned a billion or nearly a billion dollars, a billion dollars from SDG&E overall and probably close to $450 million from SDG&E operations in San Diego. Financial filings show SDG&E's profit was $936 million last year. That's $21 million more than the profit they made in 2022. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Early voting is underway in the county. Reporter Melissa May checked in with the Registrar voters to get an update on the turnout. Hundreds of San Diego County voters have cast their ballots in person since the first voting centers opened Saturday. Assistant Registrar of Voters Sean Brom says vote centers are staffed with bilingual poll workers. Spanish, Filipino, Vietnamese, and Chinese, those are located at all of the vote centers throughout uh, the county as, as best we can. And then there are select precincts that have the other targeted state and county covered languages, and those are Arabic, Japanese, Korean, Laotian, Somali, and Persian. Starting Saturday, all 218 county vote centers will be open daily from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. On Election Day, all vote centers, ballot drop-off boxes, and the registrar's office will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Melissa May, KPBS News. There's a new classroom on wheels in the San Diego Unified School District. Education reporter M.G. Perez tells us it's San Diego's latest food truck. They threw a fiesta for a food truck. The state-of-the-art kitchen on wheels was designed and will be operated with the talent and ambition of culinary students in the San Diego Unified School District. The Intuit Company paid for the truck and is partnered with the district to provide work-based learning. 17-year-old Taiga Pangalina is a senior at Morse High School, ready to cook on the road for everyone to enjoy his Asian-inspired food. If they do come afterwards and tell me, like, the food was great, that's what makes me happy. That's what makes me feel like I accomplished what I was meant to do. The food truck is named Sunset Bites and will travel during the year to all five high schools with culinary programs. That's according to Sarah Vielma, director of the district's college career and technical education. It gives them exposure to a possible future career path, ability to get work experiences, get to meet people that are in the industry. The truck should be ready for students to use in about a month. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories. I'm Tebby Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, 
presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.